0: Have you been out running this morning? Uh,
1: no, but I was out running last night. Okay. How yep. how,
0: how much did you do last night?
1: Um, I did sixteen k last night. Uh, it's very humid, uh, very hot, as is uh, the sort of case this time of year.
0: And whereabouts were you running?
1: Um, my my standard run is from uh, from the palm through to the Blue Bridge at the marina. And sort of just round there and back again.
0: Fantastic. I was out the night before last, not running, but power walking on the beach track. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, just such a great setting. And I know it's humid. It wasn't too hot, actually, but humid for sure. And I was definitely <laughs> needing a lot of hydration. You would uh, need a
1: lot of hydration. A
0: lot of it? hydration. But it's still worth it. Get out there. It doesn't have to stop Absolutely.
1: us. I, I run all throughout the year. And you just have to sort of adapt your sort of running. Um, according to the conditions we 're blessed in Dubai that we can actually sort of run all year all year round um, and we just need to actually adapt to those conditions as as they present to themselves
0: When did you first run a marathon?
1: Um, I first run a marathon in two thousand and two um, and that was that was the Paris marathon uh, back when I was in the u k and it was. It was something that I, someone said at work that you know, we're doing this and I didn't do too much training for it and that reflected itself in the, in the time um, and I did four and a quarter hours
0: okay Ash, i just made me think i just realized over the holiday weekend i was watching a run fat boy run with simon (laughs) it just made me think when he gets
1: tripped up halfway through (laughs) exactly
0: yeah Yeah, check it out it's a funny film um about a guy that wants to win his uh his wife if you like back and son um but he's not been living the healthiest of lifestyles and he and he try and his friends try and help him train, and uh, he gets out there. He's not looking be- his best in his kit or anything, and then he gets tripped over. And that's on the London Marathon. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and that was really me um, from sort of the 2002 up until I sort of got to I came over to Dubai in 2008, um, and I'd sort of put on some weight. Uh, my lifestyle wasn't the healthiest in the world. Um, I was a, a sort of plump 90 kilos back then, and I sort of I was thirty five, I looked at myself in the mirror and thought, Okay, this goes one of two ways. You either do something about it now or this is this is your life going forwards. Um and um, that's a
0: very interesting, isn't it? 35.
1: Midlife crisis
2: approaching. Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> no, I
0: wasn't thinking that, actually, but uh, you said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it is interesting for, for all of us that as you get older, and it may be different points, though, you come to this where you think, actually, yeah, I can carry on, or this is a time to make a change to, to really reshape what my future's going to be.
1: Absolutely. You, you never... Um yeah. You know, back when I was younger, I think probably when everyone was younger, then we don't really think so much about the future. But as we sort of get through life a bit more, then we things start to come a bit closer, and we start to sort of consider what's going to happen sort of down the line. Um, and sort of considerations when you're in your 20s, um, it's not so important to the sort of longer term. But when you get to your 30s, then I think it is important. If I... Knew now what I knew back then, then I would have done things sort of quite differently.
0: oh okay. Well, um, we'll get into that. What sort of those uh, things you would have done differently might have been. But when you did took on the Paris Marathon and you said you hadn't really trained for it, this is not something we would advise people to do. With the Standard Chartered Dubai Marathon coming up in January, uh, I know people that have done similar have said to me, "Well, you know what? I actually, registered and just kind of did it. They're already quite fit. They're okay. They're not carrying too much weight, and they've been all right." But on the whole that's not something we would want to
1: promote absolutely not um it is possibly the worst thing that you could do and the sort of the weeks and months after that, uh so i think i can call it an experience (laughs) um i was in a i was in a lot of pain it took me a long long time to get over it purely because i i my body wasn't expecting it it wasn't used to it and it was only I think the fact that I was a little bit younger um and sort of a little bit fresher that actually allowed me to get through it um otherwise that would have been a a, a sort of a a DNF.
0: Would you say you're mentally quite a strong person because you need a bit of that don't you You need a lot of stamina mental strength?
1: Yeah I think that when you get into the sort of the longer distances and the the endurance sort of races um the sort of mental side plays a, a really big part. Um, you know sort of talent and ability and training and whatever people have will get you so far. Um, then it becomes sort of the mental side. Uh, everyone uh, sort of on the sort of the marathon start line, they will be you know, fine until sort of 20k, 25k, 30k. It's at that point where it gets really difficult, and that's when the mental side takes over. Um, and you, you do need to have a strong sort of mental character. There's a, you find an awful lot out about yourself um, with the longer races. You really do.
0: Both in training and when you're actually on the race?
1: Um, yeah, there's training wise, then it's having that discipline and sort of focus and that sort of mental strength to actually keep doing that training. It's, you know, as you, you said, you went out sort of last night and I did, and it's maybe I, I finished work at about seven, sort of got in. I would have really quite like to just sit down on the sofa, um, sort of tired long day after uh, sort of eat, et cetera. And, but you, you sort of go out and it's having that sort of resolve to, to do that. Um but when you get back then you feel great you know the endorphins have sort of kicked in you know whatever that uh, sort of magic is that goes on in your brain that you know sort of the reward whatever you, you feel you'll feel great after it and you realise why you sort of go and go and do that mm-hmm.
0: Well, if you've got any questions for Simon, text in on 4001. Or indeed, if you have done something similar to Simon or done it differently, let us know your story where you've got yourself on track, literally, and taken on some of these fitness challenges. Simon's gone on to do an awful lot. We're going to be finding out how he made these changes over months and years. Um, You lost 14 kg Uh, in 2009. You ran the Dubai Marathon in three hours and four seconds. Um, So a little bit different to the one previously in Paris Um, you've completed half Ironmans, you've done full Ironmans and you represented Great Britain in the ITU age group long distance triathlon so we'll find out about that and more but uh, let's have a little listen to this Uh, if you're thinking of taking on a full marathon, uh, we've got the standard Chartered Dubai marathon coming up in January or if you've done one and you're ready to take on another have a little listen to this
3: wow what a beautiful day listen everyone cheering this is gonna be great months of training is paying off now i'm hydrated glucose up and my mental game is on point let's do this okay so i'm a little behind on my normal pace no big deal just keep going And I think I missed a spot on my thigh with my body glide. Sure, that won't be a problem. And I don't need to stop for water just yet. Oh, look, here come some hills. That'll be fun. Wait, I'm not even halfway through yet. Feels like I've been running forever. What's with all these hills? The whole course hills? I think it's going to be tougher than I thought. Where is everybody? Am I still on course? I haven't seen a water stopper in forever. Why didn't I get water earlier? Well, it's just me, myself, with the road, I guess. Nothing left to do besides confront all of my inner demons. I am going to die. Why did I ever decide to do this? My thighs are raw like two hams and I think my toenails just fell off. What else could possibly go wrong? Oh, great! the runners trots! Well, at least I haven't hit the wall yet. Ah, I hit the wall. (laughs) I have never been so tired in all my life. Even my teeth are tired. No, I need to power through. I didn't train for months to give up this late. Time to dig deep. Think of that Olympic runner who finished with a broken leg. That was really gross. But the point is, if he can do it, so can I. Now, come on. The finish line is right up there. One foot in front of the other. Yes! I did it! Oh, this is the greatest feeling in the world! Carry me to the car. I am going to eat my
1: weight in pasta and sleep for five days.
0: (laughs) Uh, Sound familiar, Simon?
1: Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh, I think some of those things that obviously are, 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 are our chap did a little bit sort of wrong. Um, but probably seventy-five percent of those things, and anyone completing a sort of marathon or taking part in a marathon, will 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 sort of resonate with.
0: So they say, no pain, no gain. Well, that certainly might be the case if you take on a full marathon and running forty-two point two k's with Simon Marshall, COO of Sport in Life. Sport in Life it's a distribution company uh, working with brands and marketing and sales, and uh, a great team of people that are all connected in some way to fitness and sport and uh, love that passion and energy the dynamics surrounding that activity and uh, it's great to have you here Simon sharing your story when it comes to taking on a full marathon how many have you done now
1: Um, I've done 12 actual marathons um, three just standalone events and nine as part of uh, Ironman races
0: Ironman what is Ironman
1: Ironman is probably one of the most difficult um, sort of single-day events that's out there. Um, you start off uh, early in the morning with a 3.8-kilometer swim. Uh, you then sort of as quickly as possible change uh, out of your swimming uh, sort of gear, and get on the bike, and cycle 180k, um, and then you finish off with a, a marathon just when you've been nicely warmed up. <laughs> oh. So, and then you That's suffer.
0: what I, I call <laughs> quite a day out.
1: It's a, it's a long day at the office, yeah. and the thing is that if you sort of get it wrong um on the, sort of the bike or on the swim you go too hard then that 42.2k uh feels more like 84.4k <laughs>
0: Amazing, and it's an amazing journey you've gone on. As you were saying before, uh, you weren't necessarily the fittest person. You were carrying quite a bit of weight, and you just decided at the age of 35 that this was it. You were either going to stay as you were or make changes to have a healthier, happier future. So you uh, started training for marathons, runs, and then built up to Ironman and uh, done a lot in between. You even met your wife, uh, I think, at Saffa Park when you were running. Yes, Is that right? yeah. Um,
1: 2013. Um, uh, we were we were both actually uh, sort of late entries into a training camp there, um, and we met each other on the the first day. And so I looked at her, she looked at me, and there's there's that little spark.
0: And you went, "I'll race you."
1: Um, yeah. yeah, and it's but. You know you always want to sort of when you sort of meet the sort of the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with, you always imagine that you're going to look great and things and it's, it's going to be that sort of wonderful moment you don 't imagine it's going to be dripping in sweat <laughs> um, you know looking like you've just crawled out of bed and that that's not how you imagine it's going to go. Um, but, yeah, we, we met there. Um, our date, our first date was um, a sort of few days later. And in, in true style, it was a, a sort of run through the back streets of Jamaica. Excellent. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> then the, the,
0: when did you meet when you were actually fully clothed?
1: Um, not until a week later. Actually, that was the third date. Because um, in between then, we actually went on a swim date as well. So. <laughs> it's uh, really quite a sad story it's
0: a fantastic (laughs) story it talk about you know shared values sharing things that you're passionate about there you go you met the love of your life doing what you love
1: i'm very lucky in that we can actually share our sort of training together um we got married in sort of march this year and uh, we got married on the Wednesday and we both raced Ironman South Africa on the Sunday. (laughs) What a honeymoon, wow! The honeymoon, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, it's great to hear your story. Now, we just mentioned there the 42.2 kilometres for the full marathon. Now, Linda, my producer and I, we've both done the 10k, standard charted, uh, and uh, I remember Linda, she was pregnant when she was running, (laughs) and she passed me. I was like, God, and she's pregnant, and she's overtaking me as we're running the 10k, but it was an amazing experience. I did it a couple of times and you were saying though i mean to take on I don't, I don't know to take on a half marathon and then a full marathon but you were saying it's actually 42.195 yeah, So
1: it's, uh, it's 195 meters not that point two and that last five meters then you will be thankful you don't have to run that five meters at the end it sounds silly now but trust me at the end of that run then you'll be glad that you don't have to go a single step further
0: let's have a look at then at the training methods and things to consider so if you're taking on the marathon yeah what you know how often do you need to be running what distances and what do you need to be careful of
1: i think you know first and foremost then you need to sort of train with the time that you've got available um you know the you i can say you need to train six times a week uh, some people can do that some people can't um I would say as a as a minimum, then you really want to be running sort of three times a week. Um, So you'll have a a sort of a long run, um, sort more a a sort of an interval run, and then a a shorter sort of endurance run as well.
0: And what would you consider to be a long run then?
1: A long run then again with. Uh, with, with With all sort of running and all activity, you need to build into it so the the longest run that you should really do leading up to a marathon will be a sort of maximum of sort of two hours twenty minutes um, after that then the the sort of likelihood of getting injured or the um, that it will in, increase um, and the the actual benefit you 'll get will be sort of minimal so if you're actually sort of looking to do sort of longer distances, then you do your long run and then maybe uh, sort of uh, so do your long run in the morning and you can do a sort of a, a shorter run in the evening so that 's how you would actually sort of get a sort of longer distance there mm. um, but again, with the sort of training then a lot of people like to run so they feel like they've had a workout. Um, and that's really not the best way of to, to train for a marathon. Uh, 80% of your training time should be at what they call sort of long, slow runs. It should be an easy pace, something that actually feels really comfortable. Um, in terms of heart rate, then it's around about 70% of your sort of maximum heart rate. That, that's really where it is. And that's, that's a nice, comfortable run. Um, the other 20%, that should really be sort of high uh high sort of hard focus training so that's more your interval type of work and the the stuff in between isn't really worth doing it feels great um because you feel like yes yes i've I've had a great workout there you know i'm, I'm dripping in sweat and you know i can not move another muscle but the the actual training effect and the sort of benefit that you'll get from that for for an endurance event is it, it's not there um, the only time really where that becomes uh, sort of more appropriate is when you're getting towards the, the, the sort of the, your, your chosen race and you want to try and mimic some of the actual conditions there. So you, you're adapting your body to what it's going to do on race day. But the, the training before that, then you want to build up your aerobic base and you want to build up the speed at the top end. Um, and that will give you the sort of best approach into a marathon
0: so you know it's it's a big deal it's a lot that your body's going to be taking on so you have to prepare for it properly uh someone's texting to say and it's something we've talked about over the last few weeks you know what if you've never run a marathon before so you know joking aside from what you did when you took on the paris marathon we're not advising people to just sign up to the full marathon if they're not you know they've got to have a relatively good health and fitness to take on a marathon to begin with
1: yeah i mean it's it's not a pardon the pun it's not a walk in the park um it is it's a commitment and it's something that's it's it's hard there are no easy marathons um the you know even if you just uh sort of try standing up for four hours you know that's that's going to take it out of you when you actually then factor in the fact that you're actually running for that was those four hours it's a hard hard event um there are no shortcuts to it uh you you need to put in the training um and if you're sort of doing your first then i i would suggest that you actually sort of first start with a sort of 10k and then a half and then work up to a marathon um i don't think it's wise to go straight into a marathon um, you you may do it, uh, you you may be fine, uh, you may get through it. But I and mean, especially the,
0: if you've got a lot of time to prepare for it.
1: Yeah, if if you've got time to, pre- it's like all these things, you know. Um, if you have the time to pre- prepare for it, then you will put in your sort of 10k race and your half marathon um, as a sort of build up through your training, and those will be the, sort of the goals that you set yourself um, towards the sort of marathon. But if you're sort of looking um, you know, trying to sort of uh, go from no running to a marathon in something like three months, then it's it's going mm. it, to it will most likely end in a lot of pain and an injury.
0: Mm. Have you been injured?
1: I have been injured. Yes. Um, there are they say there are two types of runners: those that are injured and those that are recovering from injury. <laughs> um, there are ways that I think you can actually avoid that. But yes, I've torn both my calves on sort of both sides. Um, it's, it's not a, a painful, sorry, it's, it's not a nice thing, and you're running along and suddenly something snaps. Um, and the first time was was doing too much after uh, the Dubai Marathon. So I, I I didn't respect the sort of recovery uh, post-race, and I went out and I did a hard session, and uh, ping, um, my, my calf just went, and I, and I hobbled back. To uh, sort of jump in a taxi <laughs> and uh, sort of shuffled off, uh, shuffled uh, off, um, and it took me uh, sort of months to, to to heal from that properly. I was
0: going to say, how long did it take you to recover before you could run again?
1: Um, before I could run again, then I probably it's probably about two months, um, and then you. You also have that sort of psychological effect that you every single twinge you think is is going to be a sort of another injury, so there is a sort of a mental sort of healing as well um, so it's the best thing is to avoid it, and that's by being sensible
0: mm. this is what people say often it 's just trying to do too much too soon do be too fast um stretch yourself too much although it is a part of the process so you've got to learn and understand your body and understand the correct way Abs-
1: absolutely and and um, as you say it is it is a process and as well as the training process it's a, a discovery process so it's discovering how you sort of work as a person how your sort of brain is wired um what you can sort of put into your body what you can ask it to do um bef- and, and, and walking that sort of fine line between sort of just enough and, and too much um and you know for me my sort of injuries have actually been uh post-race it's not actually the sort of the process of building up to it it's doing too much after the race. And you know, people very often don't um, sort of don't take that into consideration. But once you, after you've run uh, something like a marathon, then you need really four weeks um, of, of nothing to actually recover from it before you start to think about getting back into training.
0: Are you training at the moment? Let us know what you're training for on four zero zero one. That's the text number, or call us 044231010 if you've got any questions for Simon when it comes to uh, preparing for running and running a full marathon. When we come back, we'll take a look at uh, not only safety but the kit. What do you use that helps you along your way? Stay
2: with us. Eye on health. Text your questions and comments to four zero zero one on Dubai Today. From the ARN News Center. News update at half past.
4: In association with DO.
5: From the ARN News Centre, I'm Anna Roberts. Power generating capacity in the GCC will need to more than double by 2020, requiring an investment of up to 45 billion US dollars. The issue is set to be addressed at the PowerGen Middle East Conference and Exhibition taking place in Abu Dhabi in October. In international news, the Cuban flag's been raised over its newly reopened US embassy in Washington as the two nations formally re-establish relations. But lingering conflicts between the former Cold War foes, including trade embargoes, still have to be and out. And EU ministers have fallen short of a target to agree the redistribution of 40,000 migrants who have arrived in Italy and Greece. At a meeting in Brussels, they agreed to start the relocation of just over 32,000 in October. The remainder will be decided by the end of the year. In sport, Zach Johnson says he feels honoured, humbled and blessed to have won the Open Golf at St. Andrews. And Paris Saint-Germain have announced the signing of Tottenham's Benjamin Stambouli. Today's forecast, highs of 41 degrees, mostly fine. That's your latest news, sport and weather here on Dubai Eye.
0: Local, regional and global. Dubai Eye news headlines with due
5: Stocks and currencies
2: on Dubai Eye 103.8 in association with Wall Street Exchange.
4: One euro is trading at 3 dirhams and 99 fills, the British Pounds at 5 dirhams and 73 fills, the Australian Dollars at 2 dirhams and 72 fills, and in exchange for one dirham, you'll get 17.24 Indian rupees, 12.30 Philippine pesos and 27.55 Pakistani rupees.
2: Stocks and currencies on Dubai I 103.8 in association with Wall Street Exchange. Send money 24-7 using the self-service money transfer kiosk. Here's what you missed on Drive Live.
0: One private school headmistress in the UK has revealed that some five-year-old students are unable to talk because their parents are pacifying their kids with technology such as tablets, with some school age kids speaking like toddlers. Uh, Joe Haywood is her name, and she's been saying too many pa- parents are failing to communicate with young children, instead filling their homes with digital devices to keep them quiet. How many minutes do you think you spend on your phone every day?
1: I check my phone very regularly. Let's go for ballpark figure. Around about two hours a day you must be on the phone
0: oh I think you need to check into a psychiatric clinic (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong well this is the thing Um, 17 minutes it is for the average happy
5: person
2: drive live with Tim Elliott and Alex Hershey weekdays from 4 to 7pm only on Dubai Eye 103.8
4: in association with United Arab Bank supporting SMEs and business owners in the UAE
0: for over 40 years call 800-474
2: This is Citigold Wealth Management. Focused, technical, executed by accomplished professionals in their field. In partnership with you. We believe potential is best realized when our expertise plays in harmony with your business management acumen. This philosophy has inspired our advisory services, which include individual profile evaluation, goal setting, combinations of international investments, and more. What's your next goal? Call Citibank on 04-311-4653.
0: Dubai Kennels and Cattery, animal care, animal relocations by animal people. Love, love, and other stuff too.
5: Huh? Where's the other stuff? stuff? can't find it. Where is it? I'm looking. Where's the stuff? Click
2: DKC.AE. <laughs> Eye on Health on Dubai Today with Suzanne Radford only on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: And Simon Marshall, COO of Sport in Life, is sharing his thoughts, his experiences of training and running a full marathon. We've got the Standard Chartered Dubai Marathon coming up in January 2016. So just under six months, so there's time for you to train. If this is something that you think you'd like to take on, uh, maybe you've been running already and you think, you know, it's uh, the next step for you, literally. uh, Maybe set yourself that goal. Or you've not been doing a lot of running but still interested, generally quite fit and healthy. Uh, Any thoughts? let us know any questions that text number 4001 paul's text in to say time on your feet is the key for new runners and great shoes forget distance and enjoy the body adapting to the challenge is that how you felt when you first started training for marathons
1: yeah i I think there's um so what paul's saying there is that there's some uh, sort of good points there it's um it is about time on your feet and not necessarily about the sort of speed that you're running um, and if you're a sort of a new runner, then it's better to take it slowly and sort of build up than to actually try going into you know just trying to go out sort of hard mm. and, and fast um, that that's when you're going to get injured and you know i've spoken to sort of a few people recently and they said you know i i've tried running before but i've always been injured and it's you know i maybe i'm just not built for running um, i'm this weight or that weight and you know maybe i'm just too heavy and you can run at any sort of weight your, your body's designed to to carry what you've got um but you have to build into it there's no it's you can't immediately go out and be uh, sort of be a a good runner you need to build into it there's a technique
0: to it as well
1: uh, absolutely um but i mean we are all it's it's running is great because it's something that we can we can all do you don't need a a huge amount of equipment for it although you know sort of equipment is is good everyone likes a bit of kit (laughs) um but it's it's a very inclusive sport. Um, it is something that everyone can do. And you, you see that at the races here. There's a sort of families around, you know, young people, old people. It's, it's a very inclusive environment. Um, but when you are sort of getting into it, then you have to go through that process. Mm. And it is a learning process. Um, I
0: remember when I was training for the 10K with Urban Energy, we were taught about, you know, how to, you know, your breathing rhythm and setting a pace and, you know, how you're setting your feet. And and you just start to connect, as Paul's saying, really, that start to adjust and connect to your body and Mm. and how to pace yourself and also push yourself when necessary to always be going a little bit extra in your fitness levels.
1: Yes. um, The, I mean, the great thing about something like sort of urban energy is you're going to ha- be training with a, a group, and you're training with people that's um, uh, also in the same boat as you. Um, but there's someone there that also actually sort of knows what they're they're talking about. So you can actually sort of build into it, and it's almost a bit like a, a safety net. But um, with uh, w- with the, the, the training, then sort of building into that process and and learning what your body does, then it, it does come naturally. So as you do more, then you get more experience. You understand what what works. And, and running is, it, it's very much, when you're running well, then it will feel like you're running well. Um, and again, with the more running that you do, the more experience you've got, and you'll recognize when it feels good and when it feels bad. Um, a lot of people tend to sort of overstride when they first start running. And that's when they're actually taking, they think to go quicker, I need to take bigger strides. And that actually, it's not the case. You actually need to take shorter strides, but uh, have a higher cadence. So that's a higher turnover of your feet. That's the efficient way to, to run. Um, you, it's, it's all to do with actually sort of where the, your centre of gravity is uh, according to where your feet are landing and your feet want to be sort of really underneath your, your body because that's when you actually push off and start the next ride if you're sort of landing on your heel in front of your body then you've got to wait until your body passes that centre of gravity before you can push off um it's just you know it's physics i'm afraid yeah um, and it is
0: interesting because I, I see people running with all different styles and techniques of how they place their feet and how they run and but people do it you know but there is the, yeah. the, you know understanding uh the physiology of your body and and obviously when it's particularly when you're getting into these kind of races because you know you really are pushing every little part of you in the healthiest way in keeping Absolutely. healthy um have a listen to this this is uh running your first marathon uh things to consider in eight stages.
4: So talking about my first experience with a marathon. So the marathon happened two days ago and I'm still recovering and the body feels quite sore. All in all it was a great experience and I ended up running my first marathon without too much issues. As I found out, running a marathon is primarily a mental game I found. A month out from the marathon I started ramping up my training. A few niggling injuries came out and I think that was because I ramped up my training a bit too quick. I should have done it a bit more time, but one of the injuries that really worried me was I ran a half marathon two weeks prior to the marathon. So this was just in training and I noticed my left knee was really playing up. And After this I tapered down and basically cut most of my training out. But in my mind I kept on thinking what will happen if this knee plays up in the race and whatnot. I wasn't very confident, I can be honest and say I was quite the opposite. I was just wanting to finish, whereas initially I was confident I'd be getting a certain time, but race day came and it was very exciting. I ate a lot a couple days prior and had good sleep two nights before and I was as ready as I was going to be. The Belgrade Marathon is not the easiest course, it is a bit hilly, especially at the end, Um, and this day it proved to be quite windy and rainy. I was fine until about 30Ks in, that's when my knees started to play up and well, it was quite painful. And that's when my mind wanted to consider quitting and stopping the race. And I just had to push through that and keep running. The last two Ks is the most difficult because it's obviously at the end, but it's also in Belgrade where the hill is. And it's probably the worst time hill because by that stage you're quite fatigued and you want to, to stop, but you have to keep running So when I got close to the finish line, I could see my wife and two kids cheering me on, and that just really spurred me. My youngest boy actually ran out to me, and we ran for 200 meters towards the finishing line, and we crossed the line together. One of the best feelings I've had in a long time. So I was recounting the race to my wife, and I found myself to be really emotional, especially a couple hours after the marathon. So my time was four hours and five minutes. I'm pretty happy with that for my first marathon
0: first marathon there and belgrade marathon for that particular person uh he mentioned simon 30k at the 30k mark that's when it really kicks in and the pain factor and you've said the same looking at your notes the race really starts at 30k
1: yes um it's it's a long day out there and I think the 30k is important because that's probably the sort of limit that you'll get to, even if you're a sort of quite a, a sort of quick runner, you won't be doing more than 30k in, in your training. Um, if you're a slow runner, you might only be doing 25. Um, so it's, you reach that point, and especially in your first sort of marathon, you don't know what's beyond that. Um, and there's that psychological aspect to it that really is, is going into the unknown um it's also you know it, you you're you're used to running um in your sort of longer runs that sort of time you, you you're used to that on your feet um at 30k then if if you're feeling good at 30k then you'll probably have a good sort of last 12k um if you're starting to hurt at 25 um you're going to be hurting at 30 and it could be a long way to the finish line i i know in sort of races that i've done then the you know I, I thought I've actually been going for a, a sort of really good time. The uh, the sort of second Dubai sort of marathon I did, then I thought I was on for a, a stellar time. I really thought you know okay you know this this is the day, um, and up to thirty k it looked like it was going to be the day, um, and then the wheels fell off, and it's I, I, I remember almost every single step sort of along Beach Road. Uh, sort of just trying to trudge my and drag my body through to that finish line, and I my pace dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped, um, and uh, the, the, towards the end I was running six and a half minutes uh, sort of kilometres, uh, which is is from the pace I'd been running that was very slow. It was a long way back.
0: Gosh, I can feel, oh, I'm just thinking about it. it. Makes me think. Oh, I mean, it is an incredible achievement, and it's you know. It, and but afterwards, as he said, it felt great. But you've just still got to take care of the aftercare of your body after going through something like that.
1: Absolutely. Um, the just speaking to yourself and Linda when we were on the break there, you mentioned about the end of your 10K race and. You know, the thing is, you can both remember vividly the end of that ten k race. Um, anyone who's done any sort of running race or cycling race, whatever, then they remember the end. You remember that sort of rush and those sort of release of endorphins and and that euphoric state. The the sense of achievement is is overwhelming, um, and it's something that will always stay with you, particularly your first one. And I think the longer and the sort of harder the race is, the more the reward. So it's it, it does multiply that effect. Um, so yeah you you will certainly remember the end um but also after the race then you, you have to take care and i think in the clip you played there then this the guy did a, a half marathon and then two weeks later did a full um in my view that that's that's too close together um so the rule of thumb is you probably need about a day per kilometer you race to to actually recover so i think Three weeks would have been sort of the, the closest to do them together, but ideally probably sort of a, at least four weeks apart. Um, you, it just takes time to actually, your, your body to, to repair itself.
0: With the training diet nutrition is all important some say as important uh to your uh, efficiency when you're out there racing so just to begin with when you lost the weight you started training back in 2009 was it
1: uh yes yeah
0: and you lost 14 kgs over a six month period so you did it steadily absolutely what were you doing when it obviously you were training you were running but what else were you doing to help you lose that weight
1: um I mean, the, the diets, there are so many schools of thought about diets. Um, sort of paleo diets, uh, sort of high-fat diet, uh, low-carb diets, Atkins, whatever. There are so many different flavors. Everyone has an opinion. Um, I think the only thing that unifies a lot of these diets and sort of eating plans is to actually reduce the amount of processed sugar. Um, when I look back at sort of my uh, sort of weight loss... Then it was doing more training and sort of cutting back on on sugar um, that that's really it you know uh, as long as you 're eating a, a sort of healthy diet you know that's you know we all sort of know what we should be Balanced, eating sort of lots yeah. of vegetables um, you know sort of uh, the healthier the better so just avoid things that are processed but cut down on that sugar mm. and I'm not saying eliminate it you know I, I love a chocolate um, I like my uh, sort of desserts from a certain uh, sort of French patisserie um, but in in moderation um, but if you cut out the the sort of fizzy drinks um, and that, that's that's that, that's the thing that everyone agrees on mm. that, that will you'll lose a huge amount of weight that way
0: interesting I've just started doing uh, a raw food diet mm-hmm. and uh, new, with l- very high nutritious value uh, this is with uh, Bestro with Be Supernatural at Galleries Lafayette and I'm blogging about it so check it out on our health page at Dubai Today DubaiI1038.com and yeah exactly that getting as natural as possible mm-hmm. lots of greens lots of fresh foods uh, but interesting with the raw food diet in the uh, you know I'm not, it's not hot and it's you still feel like I had pasta last night but there was no saves on cooking it does and it's all you know it's courgettes and tomatoes yep. and beautifully rich and textured but you know full of goodness so interesting uh, lifestyle if you can get into that and and continue with it um and when you talk about paleo we're going to be talking about that on the food show this coming thursday so what you must have kit then when you, i mean obviously good trainers yeah, we got a few pairs. But uh, you have <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, my my wife would say uh, I've got too many pairs. <laughs> I, I do like my kits. I'm am a, a man. We, we we like our bits of kits. You know, we can't do sport without having the right <laughs> kit. So um, yes, she's got uh, sort of heels. I've got all sort of trainers um it's nice to have a pair every day of the week i think okay you know, you can, uh, really color coordinates okay because you
0: know. some people say oh i've got my faithfuls i know what i'm doing and i'm going to stay with those but you could wear a different pair every day
1: absolutely i, I think you it's actually better to have more than one pair because you can actually rotate them um they will last longer if you if you alternate uh, so when you use them um the way i tend to to work it is that I will have a pair that I use for a race, um, which I'll have put on maybe uh, sort of 50, 75 uh, kilometres. Then I'll race in them, and then they'll sort of be retired to sort of training shoes. So I tend to have about three pairs on the go at any time, um, and then I'll have another couple of pairs that if I'm going to sort of run off-road or something, that I'll, I'll use those so they can get dirty. Um, it's
0: really important to have the right footwear to run uh, you know, I think one of the reasons I got a knee injury is because I was wearing the wrong shoes uh, the wrong trainers um, it's, it's really important to make sure you've got the right footwear for what you're doing
1: yeah I mean footwear it's running you know, the first thing that hits the ground is, is, is your, your training shoe um, a lot I mean the, the history of training shoes if you sort of go back sort of 40 years then sort of running shoes were basically just flat flat uh, flat training shoes um i think roger roger bannister when he ran the sort of the first four minute mile he did them in basically leather slippers um you know that is how sort of the body is designed to run if you take your sort of runners off um and you go on the beach then you will be running on the front of your your feet um you won't be heel striking um it's your you you have a very sort of flat surface or flat uh, sort of platform you're running on um in the 80s, when sort of jogging, the sort of jogging sort of fad and boom started, then uh, sort of footwear manufacturers started building up cushioning into shoes. They thought that was the way to go. There's no scientific evidence for it, um, but that's the way things go. So you started getting these huge shoes um, with heels of like sort of 15, 20 millimeters, and you know, if you sort of look at a, a sort of pair of shoes with a 20 millimetre heel, and then you think about going and running in that, then it just doesn't make any sense. So over the last sort of, I guess, sort of the last years, last five, six years, there's been more of a move back to the what they call the sort of the barefoot running or sort of natural running, and that's really trying to bring shoes back to to how you're actually designed to to run. You know, um, the body. Isn't how it is by chance. You, when you're sort of running without shoes, then the shock absorption and the sort of you know, effectively suspension in your body really takes a lot of the actual impact from running. Um, when you start to put your shoes into an unnatural position with high heels, then you you lose all that. Um, so sort of trying to get back to a, a sort of a lighter, sort of less cushioned shoe is, is better, but that does take time to adjust. So you know. It's uh, arguably, it's actually, if you're new to running, you're going to find it easier because you can actually go into a better shoe, a sort of a flatter shoe now um, because your body's not used to anything. If you've been running in a sort of a big clunky shoe, then you've got to, like all these things, it's a process. Mm. You've got to gradually sort of go down to a sort of a lower heel um, and that will give you, it will give you a better run. You'll feel sort of better about your running you'll feel uh, sort of more contact with the road it's it's it will be a nicer experience
0: Throughout your experiences over the years, from that initial first marathon with the Paris Marathon and how you then really took it seriously, got yourself in shape, lost some weight, started to train, and you've done so many marathons now and Ironmans. You also took on the World Championships when it comes to the Ironman. This was in Hawaii, and you realised a triathlon dream, racing over, the, over this legendary course. Uh, or, along the way, you've clearly... Got very very fit. How do you think this is going to impact your health in the long term? Um, it's that,
1: that's actually a really good question. And uh, something like uh, sort of triathlon and sort of endurance sports in general, uh, th- there isn't, there aren't sort of long term studies of it. They don't know how things will pan out. Um, but what I what I do know, and what I what they they have sort of tested and looked at is they've looked at sort of the muscle structure of a, a sort of a fit yeah, you know, sort of a 30s 40 year old um and then they've actually looked at the muscle structure of someone in their 70s and 80s and there's almost very there's very little difference um you know and if you actually compare that to a, a sort of sedentary individual then who you know they've lost a lot of muscle mass they've they've sort of wasted away um I know whenever I go to races then there's always a big cheer when the sort of the the, sort of the winners of the uh, sort of 75 year old category 80 year old category 85 year old category get them on stage and these guys look look incredible um, I've got some friends here who are sort of in the the 60 uh, to 64 year old category and they're looking, they looking you know they look good um Yes, you you have the risk, obviously, of uh, of over sort of use injuries and strains and what have you. But I think overall, the benefits certainly outweigh any potential risks.
0: And the person you are today compared to the person you were before you got into running, what would you say are the main differences?
1: Um, I am a much healthier person. I feel much happier about my sort of life. <laughs> One thing I've met my wife, which is fantastic. Um, but as uh sort personally within then i have so much more energy um i sleep better i can sort of perform better at work um i have a much more balanced lifestyle um it's I, I just enjoy things so much more um you know when i go to the mall then yeah, you're not sweating because you're you're carrying around your entire body that's you know, should we say a little bit too big um think everything in life just seems to be so much so much more enjoyable lighter lighter Lighter, lighter is a good word yes. yeah, yeah
0: interesting and i guess i mean working at your place at sporting life must be interesting then because you're all kind of into obviously into sport and living and 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 lifestyle so you all like really high energized kind of pumped up guys in the office
1: our office is a wonderful place to be <laughs> um people are bouncing off the walls you know sometimes <laughs> we have to actually tie them down to actually make sure they can actually still type at their computer um it's it, it is a really great environment to to be in. Um, uh, for for uh, you know, there's a great bunch of people. Everyone is into their sport, and it's yeah, it's just a very rewarding place to be. Um, the for, for me, I, I've I've been with Sporting Life for a year now. Um, but since I started uh, sort of training, then I've always sort of bought the brands that we actually deal with um and so for me it's like walking into a sweet shop every day and i've got to be really careful not to uh that i actually come out with some wages at the end of the month
0: (laughs) so what would you say for you at the moment that you're using gadget wise which you think is absolutely fantastic
1: um there's a there's a couple of things that i will always have on a run obviously i'll have my sort of runners um I will always have my watch with me, um, and that is a, a GPS watch that monitors my, my heart rate. It lets me know my sort of speed, my distance, um, what pace I'm running at, and with endurance races, particularly in Mouth, then you really want to be knowing what your, your pace is. Um, because it's that the the quickest way to finish that run is to actually run consistently so you know knowing your pace is very important um, as is your heart rate the the other thing that I always have with me um, is I have a, a clip on light that goes on my so trainers and f- f- you know the, the hours that we run in in Dubai then very often it's dark um, and runners just do not realise how invisible they are to to traffic. You know, there's a lot done uh, sort of for visibility of cyclists um, because we see them as uh, sort of vulnerable. But we do a lot of our running here on on roads um, or close to roads, and cars just do not see you. You know, I think everyone uh, probably agrees that we've, traffic here is improving, but it's still probably quite a dangerous place to be when you're you know a metre away from a from a car you need to be seen um and as i said i have this sort of clip-on light um that it doesn't impact the weight of the shoe or anything but it, ma- it makes me visible and keeps um, you safe That's absolutely the absolute and idea. I, for, for me it's almost as essential as having uh, a helmet in cycling mm. and you know I, I will not go out without it
0: Thank you so much for coming out today and joining us on Ion Health. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to Simon Marshall, who's COO of Sport in Life. And uh, what's next for you? What are you training for next?
1: Uh, next for me is is actually a cycle event, um, and that is uh, ten days in the massive central in France. Um, we cover uh, two thousand kilometers. Um, and the same amount of climbing as the Tour de France does, but in half the time. Wow. And that is in memory of Lucy Munro, who was killed on the coast-to-coast the coast, uh, sort of last year. Um, so we're aiming to raise funds for the Lucy Munro Memorial Trust.
0: Well, we wish you all the best with that. And uh, we've posted up Simon's details and sport in Life on our blog post this morning at Dubai Today, dubaii1038.com. And uh, look forward to catching up with you again very soon, Simon. Absolutely. Thank, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you for having
1: me on.